Welcome to Radar, a podcast featuring exclusive interviews with artists of today. This program can be heard at thevinyldistrict.com or anywhere fine podcasts are found. Here is your host, Evan Toth. The good old days of record collecting are over. The cat is definitely out of the bag. You don't need me to tell you how sales of vinyl records have been increasing in the last few years. There used to be a time when one could walk up to a garage sale or into a thrift store and buy grails for a dollar or less, but those days are now gone. Additionally, Discogs has created an environment where record stores are well aware of the value of the items displayed on their walls, so the chance of a hidden gem slipping by has grown increasingly slim, though not impossible for us veteran diggers. Well, what's the next best thing to do in this hobby? Things will probably never go back to days where mere pennies would procure a serious collection, but there are opportunities. One of the best things for a collector to do is to find a label who cares deeply about music, who has access to original master tapes, and has them mastered by an expert in the field, and sells them at a reasonable price. Enter Craft Recordings and Mr. Mason Williams. Williams is a Grammy-nominated producer in A&R at Craft Recordings, who's teamed up with the Vinyl Me Please Company, and Kraft's own jazz dispensary imprint to release five difficult-to-find funk jazz albums all cut from the original tapes and all mastered by the great Kevin Gray at Coherent Audio. They're pressed at RTI on 180-gram vinyl and tucked away in heavy stock tip-on jackets. The albums are as follows. Idris Muhammad's Black Rhythm Revolution, Bernard Purdy's Pretty Good, Jack DeJanet's Sorcery, David Axelrod's Heavy Axe, and Leon Spencer's Where I'm Coming From. Join us as we discuss these limited reissues with Mr. Williams and the process of procuring and producing these recordings for the 21st century market. So even though the good old days of record collecting have come to an end, there's a new way to collect. Thanks to industry guys like Mason Williams and Kraft Recordings, there are still things to be on the lookout for and to proudly add to your shelf. Thanks for coming, you know, to hang out with me and talk about these these awesome releases. Uh, they're uh, jazz dispensary. They sound great. The the, the pressings that you guys uh, got together are super quiet. You know, obviously the 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 colored vinyl is really stunning. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes with colored vinyl, right, people get nervous because they think it's not going to sound as good. But these are these are terrific. They're really terrific yeah. pressings. Yeah, they turned out really. Yeah, we're very very pleased with them. So, what's the story? why these five releases where did all the tapes come from who picked these titles like what's the, i was trying to wrap my head around the project or where <laughs> it came from or what you guys were thinking well it's you know we've had the jazz dispensary brand for um going on five years now and you know most of the titles that we've released have been compilations uh, various artists compilations that we've done as for you know uh, record store day or black friday record store day and they've all always done really well and we've got we've had some you know great feedback over the years and and a couple of years ago we started a, a sort of an, an imprint of an imprint if you will uh, called our and did a series of what we call the top shelf series and we picked um some 
full albums um, to to reissue, and those did well. And you know, they were cut from original analog masters, um, tip-on jackets, the whole whole deal. Pressed at um, we pressed those at QRP, and you know, we got had some great feedback on those. And um, you know, we've been always kind of looking to do another series, another batch of them. Um, but subsequently over the years, we've also started working a lot with Vinyl Please, and we've done a ton of exclusives with them, whether it's store exclusives, you know, some of their classic albums of the month, um, or just, uh, you know, color variants of things that we're doing. And so, you know, we, we were in touch with them pretty regularly, and I just had this thought that, you know, this seems like it might be right up their alley and their customers' alley, and so I kind of threw out the idea to them um, earlier this year, and they loved it. And so, you know, we just, kind you know, I kind of, I came up with a list of, well, here's, I can't even, I can't remember how many I sent them Um you know 10 20 titles of you know here's sort of some other titles that we were looking to uh, do um narrow down for our next batch you know are, are these any of these excite you and they came back with these five that you know pretty quickly of like oh my god yeah these are these are perfect these they, are, they knew that it was like the, yeah. uh, the the candy box was opened and they were oh we'll take these one one of this exactly. one of this <laughs> and one of that thank you very yeah. much and certainly the Axelrod one was, I think, the one they were most ex- excited about. That was one that I'd been wanting to get back out there for for several years. So I was very pleased that, uh, you know, they, they wanted to do that one, too. And so, you know, once, once we got the titles picked, then it was, you know, we found we have all the original al- analog tapes. Um, we had Kevin Gray cut them, who we use a lot. We press them at RTI, who we, you know, do a lot of our higher end audiophile releases with. Vinyl Me Please actually pick the colors. So they they get the credit, all due credit for for that. And uh, it was great. It was just, a, it's a, they're a great partner to work with. Yeah, they just turned out fantastic. And like you said, they sound sound incredible and everyone's pleased all around on, on how they turned out yeah the uh, vinyl me please is releasing some great stuff which is good news for people who love vinyl uh, like myself but it's also bad news because every time i get one of those uh, stupid emails i'm like i don't want to spend another <laughs> 90 to 200 dollars um so yeah exactly so these uh, so i mean you really had the triple a vinyl cutting dream team here uh you know you had the tapes you had kevin gray you had rti pressing i mean and and i think the sound definitely works i i do not have any original pressings of these um because you know they are pretty hard to find and expensive uh, the originals are expensive and sometimes when you find them they're not in in that great shape so people that Mm -hmm. love records know obviously when you get the triple a it's very exciting uh to to have something that's as good or if not better than than the originals Yes, exactly. Uh, David Axelrod, that that this this one sonically to me, uh, and I need to spend a little more time with all the records, but sonically to me, this one really jumps out, and I think part of it's probably uh, you know his his uh, influence in the studio. But I mean, the bass is just like crazy mm-hmm. and flopping yeah. around, and and the the everything's just super tight. And uh, so, why don't you tell me a little bit about Heavy Axe? Yeah, so Heavy Axe is you know that's it's definitely. Um, you know, everyone, you know, all, his his titles, everyone always talks about the Capitol Records, which are just stone cold classics. And, um, you know, this is definitely one that 
doesn't get talked a lot about, but um, you know, had never been it, it never been properly reissued on vinyl before, which was you know very surprising. And it came out on Fantasy Records originally. Um, he did some, you know, this was mid seventies. He was actually doing. Um, there was a few few years where he was doing quite a bit of work with Fantasy um, at Fantasy Studios with a bunch of Fantasy artists. We also actually want to we for for this Black Friday uh, record store day we did um, a new compilation called Orange Sunset that featured um, an, a track from this album, other artists that he produced yeah um, that was one of the records that did come up in my inbox lately and i went oh i don't want to spend oh. enough <laughs> but it looks great and it, i'm sure it sounds great yeah i mean it was, so you know he, he was doing some studio work with them and you know it's just it's 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 just a great kind of you know there's some of the songs um that are classic axelrod but then he does you know a cover of cast your fate to the wind the vince Guaraldi you know song right there's a cover of you know a kind of a funky cover of your sorvain and and yeah it's just it's a it's a cool record it's um it, you know hopefully it's, it's one that people you know kind of rediscover or discover for the first time that you know because again they're so focused on the his earlier stuff is it wrong um, that i like this version of your sorvain uh, better than the uh, carly simon version <laughs> Hey, no, not at all. It's not okay. at all. That's okay. Yeah, I, I, th- I certainly the original version has been. You know, I have heard that song more than I probably ever need to again. So it's nice to hear a very cool, uh, different version. Well, it's true. Like you know, songs like that that you've heard four thousand times, whether you like it or not, like Hotel California or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's not like they're bad songs. It's just that you they've just become so ingrained in the you know uh, whatever of. Uh, 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 you know, American radio pastiche that that it really is refreshing and really does justice to this the original song too because you kind of yeah. see that song in another angle. I totally agree. Yeah, and I and Axelrod was uh, was great with that and and what a what set what players he had on here Johnny Guitar Watson Cannonball mm-hmm. Adderley George Duke I mean you can't go wrong with these guys. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I guess the next record in this release series was the De- Jack DeJohnette. Uh, sorcery, yes. which is definitely the most far out experimental one of the the series. Can you tell yes. us a little bit about that one? Yeah, this was actually the one that this is the one that I knew the least about. Um, other than you know, he's just an incredible drummer and he's played on a ton of things. Um, you know, some really important recordings. Yeah, th- yeah, this is definitely the most difficult one to listen to, um, but it's also pretty brilliant um you know it's just it kind of is some you know it's in the sort of free jazz spiritual jazz you know difficult jazz if you will um vein on some parts and then others it's yeah it's just a it's it's a it's a crazy one. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah, it is all over the place. It, it, some moments are just you know pretty straight ahead, and mm-hmm. uh, and then some moments, as you're saying, are are real uh, free and and uh, you know you you don't know what's coming up next. But on side two, really, the that four levels of joy tune is so like it feels so ahead of its time. It's just got this almost like an electronica vibe, you know. And mm-hmm. he he really was uh, great. And I was looking at discogs under him, and I was looking at my own. Collection 
collection of stuff and you know i put his name in and it was like you have 400 records with right. jack dijon yes. net on him and i said i do okay but he was such a um he had you as you said before he has played on so many different albums and if you don't know his name or you don't know anything about him you know you can, you have heard him many times in your life yes yeah i mean you you uh, you know for record collectors it's pretty fairly certain that you have a record that he's in a, in a collection that he's at least played on and that was a that was originally a uh prestige uh yeah that was on prestige correct oh and bernard purdy i mean the purdy purdy good it keeps making me think Ugh. of every time i read that uh, title i think of larry david uh, pretty 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 good <laughs> purdy purdy pretty good and uh, it's beyond pretty good. It's really, it's really good. Um, did did you guys connect with Bernard at all about this uh, reissue? No, unfortunately, we did not. But I would, man, I would, I certainly would. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm sure he's got. I don't know how many solo albums he has, but I'm sure there's probably another thing or two that must be ripe for reissue. Yeah, there's. Yeah, he did a few on Prestige, so that's. Um, I think there's at least one or two other ones. But uh, yeah, I mean, he again, he's another one of those that. Um, not necessarily known as a leader um, or a solo artist, but man, has he played on a ton of records from the 60s and 70s. And you've certainly heard his drum breaks uh, being sampled on songs over the years, for sure. And this one was recorded right here, just about uh, 20 minutes from where I'm sitting right now in Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey, and in the uh, the beautiful uh, Rudy Van Gelder studios. Uh, there. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Idris uh, Muhammad record, Black Rhythm Revolution, it's a little bit more of a straight ahead, uh, you know, bluesy, f- blues funk kind of. Yeah, another another great jazz drummer. Um actually had some hits later in the 70s um more he kind of went more in the disco realm and and actually had some uh not not huge hits but but some charting hits and um but yeah he he, he's another one that uh you know sort of that late 60s and early 70s he he was a played on a lot of records a lot of jazz records for prestige um and uh this is he's got a few few solo records he's got another one on prestige that were um hope you know hopefully if these all do um sell out and do really well that maybe we'll do the next one with either vinyl would please or are on our own but um yeah this is another one that's you know it's got fantastic covers of express yourself from charles watts and the 103rd street band and super bad by james brown and um so yeah it's just a it's a really funky good record yeah, and even though all of these albums are, even though we're talking a lot about funk uh, in this conversation, these guys, if if we start talking about different things that they played on, these guys were so uh, they could play on anything, and and they all different genres, and even straight ahead jazz mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, they just th- th- here they're in a funky. We're hearing everybody in a very funky mode, but. Yeah, uh, the 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 depth of their playing was so much more too than than just this. Yes, ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, that by the reds. Oh no, Wander has the big crazy. Um, maybe we should play that. Let's play that on the show. The big eleven minute Wander track go. from this album, where uh, it's just great. It's bopping along, and then all of a sudden comes this huge solo uh, of his that just will make you. If you're listening in the car, you'll have to pull over. <laughs> and pay attention to what's going on there. 
And then the last release was Leon Spencer. This is sort of a um, uh, soul uh, funky organ thing that uh, people who love organ, organ jazz, organ funk, this is right up, going to be right up your alley. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, this was his last... Uh um as as a leader but uh you know yeah, I mean, what's he, the story again, with that now this is just his last album as a leader and i was looking into that i was worried that you know i didn't know what what happened there but do you know anything about that part of the story no i yeah i don't know much about his, his you know his record you know solo recording history i don't know if that was just just stopped doing solo stuff right or, or what the what the story is yeah, I mean, he just had the four four albums on Prestige. This was the last one, but you know, it, again, it's some great covers, some great, you know, it's got really. I mean, the original Super St- Stephen Wonder Superstitions, pretty damn funky itself, but uh, this is a, a great uh, version of it, and um, you know, cover of Trouble Man by Marvin Gaye, and um, some some of his own own songs and you know yeah it's just got a great good players and you know again you he he is one of those that played on other people and then you see the the some of the people that played on this record and you're like you recognize those names too so it's definitely a kind of a who's who of session guys we're we're talking a lot about funky funky jazz jazz soul funk i don't know what whatever you want to call (laughs) it but it's interesting i i think there's such a and there's nothing wrong with um, the uh, the traditional stuff, the classic stuff that uh, the Blue Note stuff that people love and is is great. But for me, I just love this stuff, and I feel like you don't hear about it or read about it, or people just don't think about the the jazz funk angle. I think even at the time, was it a little was it a little looked down upon this kind of a thing? It was like da- dance me too dancey, or what? What's the what was the the jazz funk? history you know what i mean yeah i'm sure i i have to imagine you're right that that was probably you know the the jazz purists probably hated it and i always kind of thought of it as like i bet this is the stuff that the guys after they were recording their sessions you know they would go and just jam and and have fun together and like this is the stuff that they really wanted to play and um yeah it really only lasted i mean i guess it's it's sort of that 67, 68 to about, you know, 74, 75. Cause then it starts to, once, once you get into the mid seventies and it starts to get again, like the Idris Muhammad, it kind of, it starts to veer into more disco-y, more dancey club, club music. Right. Um, and then, then it just sort of like disappears. Um, so yeah, it was, it, if it, you know, kind of wasn't around that long, um, you know, there, but there was that sweet spot from about seventy to seventy-three that just there's you know a bunch of great stuff out there. And you're right, it doesn't really get talked about a lot. And that's and that was part of why when we started Jazz Dispensary, you know, it's it all kind of focuses on that that vibe, if you will, that sound. Um, it's been fun, you know, sh- shining a light on on some of these records and like you said i mean a lot of these the if you want to if you want a clean original i mean you're gonna have to shell out some some cash for them so it's it's been nice to 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 get these back out and done properly and and, and turn on some new new fans right was it crazy getting any of the tapes were any of them particularly difficult or how did you how did you sort of and you said you sent a larger list to vinyl me please about different things that you had access to but how did you find i i feel like some of those things are getting harder and harder to source nowadays well luckily we have because concord um which 
bought fantasy records um, years ago, and fantasy had purchased you know prestige at I, I, I can't remember my dates um, at some point. So they had a really good uh, fantasy records had um, a vault, a tape vault up at the office up in Berkeley where the fantasy studios also are. And so they had really, they'd taken care of the master recordings really, you know, really good care of them. So they were in great shape. And so luckily now that we, we have all of that and it's all in storage in, in a vault. We, we are lucky that we have access to those and that we can, um, you know, pull those out when we need them. And, and, uh, you know, that, that again, fantasy and prestige were, they were, you know, they, they having the studio helped, um, I think because they, you know, they had like in-house people that knew, okay, well, these are the right, this is the best tape stock to buy. And this is, you know, they, they, they knew how to take care of them, which right. they were, record, said, they were not, like recording people. Right. Right. Which like you said, it doesn't always happen. So. Right. It wasn't like a bunch of corporate guys. Uh, oh, let's just uh, right. slap it on here. And like, we don't need this anymore. Just digitize it and get rid of it. Which sadly yeah. has happened uh, so many yes. times. Oh, I know. Well, uh, well, look, I, I think this is great, uh, Mr. Williams. Thank you so much. And they sound awesome. And I can't wait to find out what else was in the vault that you pulled out. <laughs> and I'm sure whatever it was is just as good as this batch. And uh, are you are you planning on maybe another uh, another batch or? Yeah, we actually I was um, talking with them just a few weeks ago and I threw that out there. I was like, well, if you guys are, you know. Let's if if you guys are happy with how they're going and they and they have been then it's like well let's uh, let's figure out another batch so I mean they they have so much going on it sort of will fall into how their schedule plays out but um, yeah I'm I'm working on a, a new list actually to send over to them and see if we can uh, come up with another another handful of titles oh goody goody I can't wait yeah they are getting busy they I see they started that country imprint. They're going to do a country yes. thing now. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious just from a fan to see how how that how it works out for them. I mean, I, I'm, I imagine they're going for a, a specific lane of country. You're, you're not you're not going to find hear the country bro stuff or right. anything. But uh, but yeah, be curious to see how how well it does. So you guys have that other. Uh, what was the other release you, you just had? The uh, the orange on the oh orange orange sunset. Yeah. Okay. And anything? that was our yeah that was our Black Friday release this year, and um, you know it it really focuses. Like I said, it was on you know. It's a mix of Axelrod Productions, My Zell Brother Productions, and uh, there's a you know a Dale Warren production uh, produced track on there too, and so it's it's all in that sort of mid seventies, lots of sort of you know some some Moog synthesizers, some synths on some other stuff, um, very funky but also very kind of vibey, um, just a nice uh, just a nice listen. Cool. Any other projects coming out on the near horizon? Uh, nothing for Jazz Spencery. We'll have, you know, we will probably have another one for next record store day. We like to keep that going. So, uh, you know, nothing, nothing is official with any of the record store day stuff yet, but, um, I, I would imagine that there'll be one, one for there. Other than that, yeah, nothing, nothing, uh, in the works right now. All right, cool. And you're, you're really with craft more than jazz dispensary, yeah. right? Yeah, Jazz Dispensary is just a, 
an, an imprint, imprint of craft. Right. Yeah. Uh, we've been playing the Charles Brown Cool Christmas uh, Blues record. Oh, nice. It sounds awesome. It sounds. It's Excellent. another one that sounds. And that's another one. You know, from '94. Like, who's thinking about reissuing stuff from the mid '90s? You know what I mean? Right. And well, that one was. It sounds specific. so good. Oh, good. yeah. It turned out really nice. Um, and that one was part of actually because before COVID hit, uh, well, this year it was it's the act, the fiftieth anniversary of Rounder Records, which is one of our sister labels under Concord. Oh. And we had these big plans and all these really you know reissues that we were looking to do from throughout the catalog, and this was one of them. And then COVID hit, and most of the most of the stuff fell through, and and but we did end up getting a couple of albums out and and to Charles Brown being one of them. So uh, it was, it was great that we, but you, like you said, it's a mid nineties record. Like that, that's kind of a random one to do, but um, it's a great, great listen. So we were, you know, and holiday records, uh, everyone always likes getting a new holiday record. So absolutely. And he's so talented, but, but it's true. I mean, I, you know, uh, keep, keep looking for those uh, diamonds in the rough because, uh, all the other stuff is getting, everybody's getting right. played out of all the other stuff, you know? So there's so much stuff there though. You know, what I always say about Christmas music, it's like, would you please the radio playlists? Would you just stop playing the same thing? There's so much, there's so much cool Christmas music out there too. There's a ton, a gajillion Christmas songs. You could have five Christmases and not hear the same Christmas song twice. Yep. Um, and stuff like this is just great to throw in the mix. And I, I hope it would be wonderful if something was picked up, uh, but uh, you know how that goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the great yep. work you're doing and, and the uh, the great music you're bringing to the fore here. Um, I, it's, it's what I love to do. So I, I will keep doing it as long as they let me. All right. Thanks, Evan. You too. Radar is produced by Evan Toth in partnership with WFDU 89.1 FM and The Vinyl District. You can hear Radar on WFDU 89.1 FM or anytime online at thevinyldistrict.com.